Welcome back to the Foreign Desk Podcast. I'm Lisa Daftari. Today's top stories on the Foreign Desk, U.S. and Iran's regime claiming progress in the Iran nuclear talks, and lawmakers and veterans are pushing for the Biden administration to rescue over 20,000 Afghan commandos remaining behind in Afghanistan. You can find these stories and more at foreigndesknews.com, and make sure to sign up for our daily email, Lisa's Top 10, to get them delivered straight to your inbox each morning. And of course, today, we continue our conversation on promoting freedom, on fighting national security threats, whether they come from ISIS or the local school district. And we have the perfect guest to talk about national security threats that come in the local variety. I'm very excited to welcome to the show California Representative Kevin Kiley, uh, a Republican in California. Sounds like an oxymoron, right? But uh, Representative Kiley is quite popular or unpopular, uh, depending on where you sit, uh, representative. And he has won statewide, I should say not nation, nationwide, um, acclaim for speaking out about parental choice and transparency and taxation and crime. Uh, and he has authored successful bills um, that advance education and public safety and criminal justice reform. It sounds like California could be a utopia if only you were in charge. And um, Representative Kiley, who is also an attorney, you've worked in the uh, private sector, also served as Deputy Attorney General. And in the Assembly, you have served um, on a bunch of committees, Vice Chair of the Assembly Education Committee and Privacy Consumer Protection. We're going to get to the Education Committee. I know, I know. There's breaking news on that. And he's also a member of the uh, Housing Community uh, and Community Development Committee, Judiciary, there's so many, right? Uh, Higher Education Committee, Judiciary Committee, but most of you probably know him from social media with his viral tweets and posts that really just say it like it is. Welcome to the show, Representative Kylie. Oh, thank you. And thank you for that wonderful introduction. I really appreciate it. I'm trying to speak as fast as I can because there's so much and I um, obviously want to include it all. I was asking my producer who uh, actually is, is working remotely right now. I'm in Los Angeles um, and he's not. And I said, I feel like he's not, you know, Representative Kylie isn't just a, a local figure here. I feel like nationwide, I've seen your your posts, your tweets um, retweeted by friends all across the country. And I think so many people uh, could relate to what you say and you say it in such pithy, you know, wonderful you know, minimal characters. Um, and, you know, you really represent the people, um, whether it's in California uh, or elsewhere. And as they say, as goes California, so goes the rest of the nation, as as we're seeing in, in many, many instances. Um, let's talk about the warrior that you are, whether it's digitally or otherwise um, in person in California. I know you're fighting for us um, and, and doing whatever you can to bring some sanity to this place, as you said in your Twitter bio. Um, you know, what, why do you do what you do? I want to just talk about you personally. Like, what is it that motivates you? What makes you really go back and do it every day as, as hard as it can be in California it can be a very tough place for a Republican, especially one that is so outspoken. Well, I believe California is worth fighting for. Uh, but, you know, we have uh, uh, the greatest state in the country uh, that has, you know, so many things to offer and has, uh, you know, stood for, uh, everything that's great about our country, the promise, uh, the American dream, the California dream, and it's just being ruined by corrupt politicians who are driving the state into the ground. And I think that we need to stop that. We need to turn this around. We need to save our state. Uh, and, uh, you know, there are so many uh, patriotic, uh, dedicated people out there in California who are, uh, you know, who want to fight as well. Uh, and so that's what motivates me every day to, to you know, uh, do the best job I can to be an advocate uh, for sanity uh, at the state capitol. 
what would you say? Because I think there's there's so many people who are almost you know overwhelmed. I would say even anxious about everything that's going on. They have a long list of things that are bothering them about the current political and and, and social climate, particularly in California. Um, what do you think, or what would you say are are on your short list of items that are most detrimental that will do the most damage to this state and to this country long term? Oh, gosh, that would be, uh, <laughs> you know, there's so many things to choose from. But I think that what's been going on in our uh, education system uh, is just absolutely appalling. In California, uh, we have pretty much the worst public education system in the country. That was before the schools are shut down here longer uh, than any other state. And now we just see one thing after another uh, that is just an assault on the rights of parents when it comes to the vaccine mandate for students, which exists in California, but no other state. When it comes to the mask mandate, some schools are trying to get toddlers to wear N95s. I mean, uh, it's mm -hmm. just absolutely unbelievable. And we've what we've seen happen is that you know our young people have just paid an incalculable price uh, for the uh, you know uh, unwise and uh, in many cases very corrupt uh, decisions made by political leaders like Gavin Newsom uh, over the last year and a half, but in many ways, two years, really. Uh, right. But in many ways, that's just accelerated a lot of the problems that already existed in California before. We've had the highest poverty in the country, the most homelessness, right. among the biggest achievement gaps in our schools, uh, deteriorating infrastructure. Uh, you know, right now we have the highest unemployment rate, you name it. Uh, and, uh, you know, it is um, getting worse and worse every year to the point where now uh, more people are leaving the state uh, this yeah. last year than came here. Right, right. The statistics are there. And, you know, it's it's almost as if they don't connect the dots. And uh, you, you brought up, uh, and I'll get back to education, because I, I know that you, you come from a, a family of educators, and you yourself have, have uh, um, experience in, in teaching high school, and, and that probably shapes so much of, of why you're so passionate about the public school system here. Um, but you mentioned Gavin Newsom, and I so I know he mentions you a lot too. Uh, and I, I, I find it interesting because you are obviously on his radar, you are obviously getting under his skin, and you're obviously speaking on behalf of so many people. Uh, and the fact that he calls you out tells me you're doing something right, obviously, right? Um, do you ever fear that you're platform might get canceled because you are questioning the almighty Gavin Newsom? Well, they've certainly tried. I mean, they just uh, stripped my position as vice chair of the education committee. I've been in the education committee for five years since I've been in the legislature. I'm a former teacher myself. And yet uh, they said, oh, no, you're speaking out against uh, the corruption and the, what the harm is being done to our kids. We need to try to take that platform away from you. But, you know, this has been tried since I was elected. Uh, they've tried to move my office. They've tried this. They've tried that. Uh, the governor, you know, of course, makes these remarks. Uh, and, uh, you know, all it does is motivate me even more because, mm -hmm. uh, you know, it just shows why it is uh, that uh, that our political system in California is so dysfunctional, uh, that there is simply no uh, room for uh, counter argument uh, or dissent or uh, alternative viewpoints or even like reason and common sense in a lot of cases. Uh, and, uh, you know, uh, that's but I think that the reason they're sort of starting to panic now and they're doing drastic things like removing me from the education committee is they see that we're really, you know, on the verge of something that we've built up a movement that people are paying attention like never before. People are getting involved in politics who have never been involved before. And that is a major threat uh, to the, you know, uh, the scheme or the, the whole system, the whole corrupt system uh, that has been built at the Capitol. And, uh, you know, if more people get involved and the jig is up for the political class and special interests that are that are running the state into the ground. You know, um, you were effective and they removed you. And I think it's very difficult for so many people who are, who are watching that um, 
they try to be brave. They try to speak out. And that's exactly what your platform stands for, right? You're telling people, speak out, stand up. We got, we're behind you. And there's many other people who will support you and stand behind you. But, you know, for that parent who, who shows up at the school board meeting or, you know, decides to email the school about the N95 masks, as we've seen in Los Angeles here so much this week, um, you know, what, how can we combat this when we try to stand up and the only response is is to deplatform or to use cancel culture against us. Well, I think that uh, you know it uh, it is uh, one of the biggest threats that we face as a state, a country, and you know around the whole world. These are international uh, companies, although they started in California for the most part. Uh, is that they are seeking to uh, you know sort of reinstitute uh, the censorship. Uh, that was sort of the norm before, uh, you know, the, the great uh, innovations that, that were largely a product of, of America's founding fathers uh, became the norm uh, around the world, which is to have uh, freedom of speech and open uh, discussion and debate. And the idea that I may not agree with what you have to say, but I'll defend to the death your right to say it. Well, that doesn't exist at all anymore. And it is very dangerous when these social media companies have essentially become the modern uh, town square. They are the site uh, of discourse. They are where uh, we are as uh, as a people uh, deliberating on issues of profound importance. And if only one side of the argument is allowed, uh, then that undercuts our ability uh, to deal with every, every every single problem that we face. Uh, so I think that uh, you know the, that censorship and cancel culture and and the like um, are a profound threat. That uh, you know there are certain I think uh, steps we can take legally and uh, through legislation to try to protect the right to speak freely. Uh, but ultimately, I think the, the, the uh, you know, the bigger problem, the deeper problem is, is one of culture and education, uh, that we're not teaching young people these days about civics, about America's founding principles. Mm -hmm. And I think that a renewed commitment to true civic education, uh, that's ultimately going to be the thing that, you know, sets us on the right course and restores our, uh, our founding mm -hmm. principles. And, uh, Speaking of, of of big tech and and censorship, are you on uh, Rumble, Getter, um, Parler? What am I missing? Uh, are you on the alternative conservative social media? You know, I've been meaning to to get on there. Uh, I'm on. You know, I, I kind of have a a few to manage right now, and so I. Just I was going to say you you are actually very successful on Twitter. I think you have a wonderful platform there and a wonderful you know supportive audience. But I know a lot of people have, have taken a stand and and, yeah. and have exited. You know, the, January sixth is the one year uh, anniversary of when many of us lost tens of thousands of followers because they had a mass exodus out of, of Twitter. Um, so I, you know. It, let, you know, time management is one thing, but do you think you know conservatives should give up the um, left-leaning, you know, big platforms, or should we stay there and, and fight? Well, I, I won't, wouldn't tell anyone sort of what to do in that respect. It's it's up to you what you think is the right thing, and I'd support whatever decision folks make uh, because you know, fact is that. Uh, there are a lot of, uh, you know, uh, people on these platforms. Uh, and so if you just leave them all together, then you lose the ability uh, to get mm -hmm. your message uh, out to them. Uh, on the other hand, you're forced to play by the rules uh, of those who control the platform. So it's kind of a catch-22 in that sense. And I don't have a great answer for you. I mean, my... Um, my goal is to reach as many people with our message as possible. And so I think that, um, you know, that's why I, I have been actually meaning to explore getting on, uh, on, on more platforms. Okay. We, well, we hope to see you there, I'm sure. And um, like I said, you're doing such a great work on, on Twitter that I, I hope you can stay there too and not, not have to worry about cancel culture. Uh, but getting back to school, um, we, we talked about you're the son of a special ed teacher um, and you yourself began your career as a, as a high school teacher in South Central Los Angeles. So 
you're speaking from experience when you say these public schools are flawed. Um, you've seen it up close. And, uh, you know, you, you're also the chair of the English department. And um, now you're an advocate for, for so many things, including, you know, school choice and, and curriculum and vaccines. Um, how, how do the parents here in California, particularly Los Angeles, where, where I am, how, how do, where do they start? How do they turn this thing around? Well, they've, they've already started. I mean, they've already made uh, a lot of progress. Uh, you see the rallies that are happening at the Capitol. You see the people who are going to school board meetings uh, across the state. You see the groups that have uh, formed uh, to bring parents together uh, to fight back against mandates. You see a letter recently written by a bunch of school board members around the state protesting the state of emergency uh, and all of the mandates. Uh, you know, I think people are more engaged than they have ever been. You've seen already in places like Virginia, uh, this movement produce real uh, political results. Even in San Francisco, there's a recall right now of three school board members that is uh, very likely going to pass. Even the mayor of San Francisco has endorsed the recall of these three school board members uh, who refuse to open schools because they can see the power uh, of this parents' movement. And so I would say that we're absolutely on the right track. And I'd say just continue to make your voice heard in every way you can. Continue to make your uh, voice heard to every decision maker at every level. Continue to organize to bring more people uh, into the process. And uh, I think that this has the potential really to uh, mark a dramatic change in, in California politics if this movement keeps growing. You know, yeah, we had um, Sharon McKeeman from um, uh, Let Them Breathe and Let Them Choose on our program um, oh, a couple right. of weeks ago, right after her, her San Diego victory. And um, I know a lot of parents that were watching actually reached out to her to get local help um, and, and to have her organization stand behind their movements. So I think it, it, there, it is power in numbers. But I think when it comes down to it, a lot of people feel like we will be ultimately outnumbered. And then the choice will be to either move out of California, like you said, many are doing, or to homeschool. Well, that's right. And I, but I, I hope that uh, we can provide, uh, you know, uh, another option, which is to uh, really make our state government start working for Californians again. Uh, I think that there is a, uh, a broad uh, majority of Californians who support basic uh, changes uh, to the way our school system is run and the way that our state is run. Um, and uh, you can see that in polling where people are overwhelmingly dissatisfied when it comes to the basic quality of life issues uh, in California. We just haven't managed to channel that dissatisfaction into the sort of movement that can lead to real change. But I think that's why, uh, you know, things could be different. And 2022 is shaping up to be a very change oriented year uh, on the national political scene as well. Well, we hope so. Um, I want to shift gears and talk about crime a bit. Um, you've introduced legislation to repeal Prop 47. God bless you. Um, for those of you who don't live in California or you don't know what this is, it's called the Safe Neighborhoods and Schools Act, which is just the opposite. Um, it's a proposition that was um, passed under a very, very misleading name. It basically, um, it, there's three parts to the proposition and, and uh, Representative Kylie, you can correct me if I'm wrong here, but the main aspect of it is uh, reducing um, drug possession and theft from a felony to a misdemeanor. Uh, and as you tweeted, it's a quaint notion, but I think stealing things should be treated as a criminal, as criminal conduct. Um, you look around, uh, big, big blue cities, LA, New York, Chicago, uh, crime, murder up 50% at the very least. And here in Los Angeles, I know people are being robbed at gunpoint in the middle of the day in the nicest parts of the city. But 
at the end of the day, you don't see a lot of people connecting the dots and saying, hey, wait a minute, this is because of failed policy or more accurately, this is because of failed politicians. Um, and uh, this speaks to the, the recall and, and why didn't it happen? And, um, you know, what's going on, you know, in, in your assessment of this, when will they wake up and why haven't, you know, how can we make people in California understand and connect the dots on what they're experiencing, uh, what they're living through, and the fact that it's coming from these failed policies? Well, I think they are seeing it like never before. And when you look at the crime issue, this is one of those things that's been building year by year by year in step with these failed policies, one after another. And now it's just reached the point where it's like no one can miss it. Uh, you have these just extraordinary smash and grab robberies occurring uh, out in the open. Uh, you know, people walk into department stores and just walk out with the merchandise and don't even care if they're seen. Uh, you know, people don't feel safe in their communities. You have murders, the murder rate at an all time or at the high for, you know, for the last several decades uh, in California. Uh, and so I think that, you know, oftentimes uh, the process of, of change, uh, you know, happens more gradually than you might like. Uh, but you reach a certain tipping point where suddenly uh, people see that, you know, uh, that the, the status quo is completely unacceptable. And uh, I think that we are reaching that point here in California. Uh, when you look at, you know, the, the recalls, for example, of the district attorneys in San Francisco and Los Angeles, uh, that many so-called progressive uh, people are supporting, because this is a basic quality of life, nonpartisan issue that we need to have safe communities. There needs to be uh, consequences uh, for criminal conduct. And so I think that's just another issue uh, that is bringing the pendulum uh, back the other way in California. Well, why, I mean, and, and to your point, because I do, I do talk to a lot of people that I, I, I agree with your point 100%, where they feel like something's got to change. And it's because of, you know, far left people like Escon or, but, but why didn't the recall work for the governor? Well, the recall did work in a lot of ways. Uh, it qualified for the ballot. It gathered more signatures than any petition drive in United States history. It built a movement unlike anything we have ever seen in our state's history. Brought, you know, many, many, many people into the process, volunteering, uh, you know, and paying attention uh, to what's going on. Uh, and up until the very end, the polls showed that it was actually like a toss-up, had a very good chance of success. There were a number of reasons why uh, in the last few weeks, uh, you know, the, the Newsom and, and his cronies kind of reached into their bag of tricks and spent huge amounts of money uh, and managed to get the outcome that they wanted. Uh, but that was, you know, a very minor, uh, you know, setback in the broader, I think, course of, uh, of, of, the, uh, of our political uh, movement here, uh, which is to say that, you know, I have not seen at all the momentum stop after the recall. If anything, I think that people have gotten even more engaged uh, and are very excited about the opportunities ahead in 2022. So that was my next question. What is your, you know, unicorn list of, of uh, you know, what will it take um, to make this a, a better state in 2022? What will it take to vote in, you know, uh, perhaps a Republican candidate? Um, what will it take to get rid of Gascon? I mean, what are the, you know, handful of, of things that it will take? Um, and, you know, how can we help? Well, it'll take people being motivated and being involved and being active. Uh, of course, voting, but also just being, uh, you know, uh, present uh, at every site of political decision making, uh, being involved in campaigns, running for office yourself. Uh, and we need to, you know, uh, have change at every single level of government, school boards, city councils, boards of supervisors, uh, special districts, uh, the legislature, assembly and Senate, uh, Congress, uh, the statewide offices, all of which are on the ballot 
this coming year, as well as ballot propositions. There are some great ballot propositions where Californians will have the chance to do things like uh, provide school choice uh, then stop future tax increases. And they'll be on the ballot this year as well. And so I think that if you're someone who has always wanted to sort of take that step, uh, to be more involved uh, in the political process, this is the year to do it. And you can follow my blog. I provide uh, ways to do that. Just search my name, Kevin Kiley blog, you'll find it. Uh, and you can sign up for my emails that way. I'll keep you informed about what's going on. Uh, but I think this is a very exciting time. And I will tag uh, your blog and um, your social media pages um, uh, on our YouTube as well and on our websites when we promote this video. Um, you know, I want to move over to um, COVID, vaccines, masking. Um, LA has, I think, the, by far the, the highest number of, of cases per capita um, in, in California. And we also have the strictest regimen of, you know, mask enforcement, whether it's in schools or restaurants or outdoor masking. Um, you know, there's so much madness and there, it seems like we're not following the science. We're getting farther and farther from the science. The CDC turns around and says, well, five days of quarantining, six days of quarantining. If you're, uh, if you don't show symptoms, but you, you, you have to quarantine for the, for five more days. But if you're showing symptoms after the sixth day, you can go back to work. You can go back to school. It seems like people are a confused and B it looks like they just keep walking everything back. Um, I don't personally, I, I sit back and I think, okay, this is getting so crazy everyone's just gonna just gonna start revolting in some ways meaning stop wearing masks or you know um just refuse to show their their vaccine passports when they go to restaurants or schools or events it just keeps getting worse and we just keep drinking the kool-aid and walking forward like sheep uh, in the way that they want us to um like you said i do believe a lot of people are waking up but what can they do? What can they do when they see these discrepancies, when they see the hypocrisy and they are forced to put their kids in masks and maybe vaccinate their five-year-olds when they don't want to because they just want to be a part of society. They don't want their child to miss the basketball game and they want to walk into a restaurant and eat normally. I mean, what can people do? Well, people can, you know, as I was saying before, they can use it as added motivation to really, uh, you know, get involved to change these decisions. Uh, and I think that, you know, uh, in terms of like what sort of things you can play with and what you don't, I think that's a personal decision uh, for people to make on their own. I can say in my area, uh, you know, the sheriffs, for example, are not enforcing uh, mask mandates, uh, curfews, things like that. Uh, they're focusing on real criminals. Uh, but, you know, you as a citizen, as much as they try to limit your voice and to make you feel like you uh, have no, no influence, uh, we still are, at the end of the day, supposed to be a government of, by, and for the people. Uh, and I think that, you know, um, uh, we have more people than ever who are intent on proving that that is still the case. So when you see things, when you run into these just horrible policies that uh, are such an affront uh, to your liberty as a citizen, uh, to your privacy, to your rights, uh, just use it as added motivation to fight back in the way that will make the biggest difference of all, and that's to get new leadership. Right. So other than waiting to, to vote and waiting for these recalls to hopefully take place, um, is there anything that can be done? I mean, people like you said, day to day, I mean, day to day, people are living in a way that their their freedoms are being stripped of them. Their children are being just scarred. Uh, we don't even know what the actual uh, repercussions will be for these children, this generation of COVID kids. Um and it just it just seems like they're they're toying with us at this point, especially in Los Angeles. I know I, I keep speaking about Los Angeles, but that's a probably the, one of the most egregious cases in, in, in the country, New York City and Los Angeles. I would say maybe Los Angeles wins on that one. But um, and because I'm here, I'm living it. I see it. And I know a lot of people are, are frustrated, but it seems like, again, 
we, you go to a restaurant, you got to take it out. You go to, you know, the, the kid's school, you got to take out your, your passport. You have to, you have to comply in order, you know, not to be marginalized from society. And we're all set for the, for the elections that are upcoming, but what do we do in the interim? Well, you know, I, I'm not someone, I, I don't have all the answers. Uh, I, I've provided some good ways that I think people can fight back. Uh, and, uh, but I see people fighting back in new uh, and innovative ways every day. And so I would just say, you know, use uh, uh, whatever tools you have at your disposal uh, to, to make your voice heard, to express your dissatisfaction, and try to use the, the instruments of political change that our founders provided uh, to, uh, you know, to, to get things moving in the other direction. And I think that we are reaching the point where, you know, more and more people are just fed up and are looking for a different direction. Yeah, absolutely. And um, I thank you for using your voice. And I think you encourage a lot of people to use theirs. Um, and you use a lot of, I think, humor and sarcasm. And I think people like that. And I think it's a, it's a great way to uh, get the point across and to um, make people feel validated in, in the way that they feel as well. Thank you for your leadership. I know it's a tough place to be in California and to uh, have the opinions that you do and then to do so so courageously. And um, we thank you for that. Um, for the rest of you who'd like to follow Representative uh, Kylie, I will uh, link all of his uh, social media platforms as well as his blog uh, below this video. Uh, and for those who'd like to sign up for our uh, weekly podcast, you can go to youtube.com slash Lisa Daftari. And to sign up for our daily top 10 email, go to foreigndesknews.com and you can sign up there. Thank you so much and see you all next week.